today's Valentine's Day special is a Valerie story by Jeanette Hopper, and it is called Fine Chocolates. Let's start. The department store is a kaleidoscope of red, pinks, gold, and chrome. Multiply reflected in the wall mirrors, the sparkles and filmy laces of the season of romance dazzle his eyes, make him take a step back just inside the door. The hospital woman behind him purses with her lack-rimmed eyes, touches her bleached hair. He turns, lowers his gaze, and mutters, pardon me. He pats his back pocket beneath his long coat to make sure she hasn't lifted his wallet. Must be careless appearances can be deceiving even here in this lusty wonder world of the rich. He hurries past the frilly night things, the fur-edged bedroom, dressings and stunning seductions, passing up the glittery jewelry cases that glow with fluorescent lights to make cheap glass look like diamonds to justify their prices. He passes the genuine crystals, as well interested only in the warm, smelling corner of the store where love's true waits chocolate. Chocolate from France, from Germany, from Belgium, and Switzerland. Chocolates in gum boxes wrapped in velvet hearts with a protection of silk flower or encrusted with penny rhinestones and sold for $30 a pound. The heady aroma of roasted beans and distilled juices welcome him. Add fruit, add rum, and whatever you will, but still call it chocolate. For there is no more enticing word in the universe. Chocolate. He buys five one-pound boxes and pays the wide-eyed woman with cash. She asks, would you like these gift wrap? He shakes his head. And he paid extra for the bows, silk, stem, and lace. She places the heart-shaped boxes into white ferns kept folded behind the counter. These she stacks in her plastic shopping bag, smiles, and says, Have a nice day. As he rides home in the back of a taxi, he thinks of the woman to whom he'll give the chocolates. They're rich, these women as rich as the candy nestled within the sensuous packaging. Like the gifts they'll soon receive, the women are exercises in false advertisements, cheap products decorated to appear higher quality, paste jewels and platinum settings. They laughed at him when he tried to win their affections, turned up their remodeled noses, at this mere city employee who dared approach their kind. He'd show them, he'd prove that middle income does not mean cheap. He subdued them. He made them crawl on their knees, begging his attention. 
those who spurned him would realize this error soon enough once they received his expensive gift. He spent the better part of his paycheck and paid the cab driver the exact fare. Once inside his small apartment, he laid the shopping bag on his bed. The scent of chocolate drifted his nose, even through layers of cardboard and fabric. He began to sweat. On his walls are posters and center sheets from his favorite magazines. He knows the risks in sending candy, but also knows that no woman, no matter how expensive her health club, can resist chocolates on Valentine's Day. He slides the square white boxes from the bag and arranges them upon his breast spread. Five, a mystical number for head, arms, and legs. It's appropriate in his mind since the heart is at the center of it all, just as the costly liqueur is at the center of each bonbon of it all. Hearts of liquid cherries soften the hearts of his loves. Five improves the odds, too, by at least one assured to surrender to its charms. He uses a sharp knife in the kitchen to break the interior and exterior wrapping on each box, careful to avoid the delicate silk petals and satin ribbons. Plastic looks cheap, and he wonders why manufacturers insist on such fine chocolates in them. The woman should be able to lift the decorated lid and inhale deeply the sweet incense of the bean. Now, with the fountain pen filled with red ink, he flourishes a note to each in his elegant hand. My love, he hymns, his hand moving gracefully in wide arcs. I ache for you, the smell of you, the presence of you. It is enough, he decides. He must state his desire and let the hearts of the gift do the rest. Before placing the lids on their boxes, he lifts several pieces of caddy from each, examining them for hose, cracks, and white spots. It is indeed fine chocolate, rich in butter and cream, and does not leak. The hearts are back in their plain containers, and the containers stack once more in the shopping bag. He calls the taxi company and waits on the sidewalk. In the cab, he counts his money enough left to make his rounds, but he will have to eat lightly for the next two weeks if the driver reached the first address and stopped. Wait here, he commands, and he takes one of the heart boxes. And it's a fine building, new and the carpet upon which he laid the pink velvet heart is clean. He rings the bell and left quickly. The driver nods and grins, and as the car stops in front of the fourth address, got lots of girlfriends, Ed Bud. <laughs> yes, he says. As they slow at the final address, the driver whistles. You got a woman living in this big fancy place? For now, he says, and nothing more. He leaves the gold and white heart in the large delivery box attached to one of the marble pillars at the edge of the porch. As he leaves, he picks a perfect white rose 
from a dwarf tree, one of many lining the circular drive and inserts his label. The flowers has adopted a hue dots of red, like blood upon its tender petals. From a neighboring tree, he smiles. Back home, he leans into the passenger window to pay the driver, who says, Hey, happy Valentine's Day, man, and good luck with your ladies. He pauses, spotting a small snapshot taped on the dashboard. A young woman with bright eyes and dark hair. Impulsively, he gives the driver an extra five. Buy something nice for your lady, he said. Two hours later, he wakens to the beep of his alarm clock. The room is darkened, night having sifted through the cracks as he slept. He drinks instant coffee, showers, shaves, and splashes his neck with good quality cologne. If his plan goes perfectly, he should be contacted by at least one of his loves tonight, and he doesn't want to smell cheap. What will he do, he ponders. She, whoever is first, arrives. He will caress her, whisper sweet words in her ear. The earlobes, so soft, are the only part of a woman he wants to be able to bite into. All the rest of her must be firm to the touch. The clock chirps the hour. He shrugs on his coat for the third time today, thankful for the length that covers his anticipation. It's been a long time since he has held beauty against his skin, and his heart beats wildly at the prospect. His bus is on time, and he drops the pair into the coin box. The bus driver cocks one eyebrow, recognizing him from many nights before, but questioning his eyes, the clothing, other wearers, some of whom also know his face at his oiled and combed hair, whisper among themselves at his gleaming polished shoes, black bow tie, and spotted white rose that now looks tired. He takes the flower from his label and drops it in his jacket pocket, and he will get a new rose from the florist near his stop. From his bus stop, Everywhere, everywhere, lovers have given bright boxes of candy to each other, and the air reeks with the odor, odor of a dark passion. The scent stirs him anew, and he trouts to the florist in a hurry now to get to the one business. The young woman at the shop wears a pink sweater and red skirt in honor of the day. She glances at him and smiles, knowing that he's come for, but asks, roses or carnations? She brings him a long-stemmed rose from a refrigerated case. He pays her, and he exits the shop, snaps off the coat stem just above the bottom. It has no thorns. A two-block walk lies between him and his destination, and he takes his time luxurating in his expectation. He passes jewelry stores along the way, their windows aglow with the same 
Light of all jewelry windows. Overbright volutes make the diamonds sparkle. The stones never sparkle as much once they're on a woman's finger. Perhaps because of the guilt and fear that rubs off on them. His mother had demanded diamonds from his father, but they had grown dull from her neglect of him. A sad lot in life, and one ha which has seemed so far to be hereditary. But tonight will be different. He would prove that the key to inspiring love in a woman is not diamonds or other costly treasures, but simple things such as heartfelt declarations and fine chocolate. He arrives early at his destination and sees one light burning from a rear window. As usual, he enters through the back door and hangs his coat in the employee's lounge. He finds the other man standing over a microscope, adjusting a slide while a purpled image on a video monitor jiggles. It becomes still. The other man stands tall to stretch. Oh, hi, you are early, says the man. Hope you don't mind if I go in. My wife's got a, some, something special cooked up. Valentine's Day, you know. The man grins and shakes his head, taking in the figure before. Looks like you've just come from a hot date. No, he says, twirling the rose in his finger. Looking forward to one. A quizzical expression crosses the man's face followed by a shrug of shoulders. Well, see you then, he says, leaving. The glare from overhead lights is annoying, and he dings them. One round lamp at the far end of the room reflects off the chrome surface beneath it, casting a soft blue glow through the entire chamber. The microscopes and other clinical equipment retreat into the shadow. The tiled walls no longer glint with antiseptic sharpness. Only the gleaming table stands. Apart from everything else, he shakes open a moss green sheet and spreads it over the still surface, smoothing it carefully with his fingers. The rose, now in a beaker of water, adorns the head of the table. From the pocket of his black suit coat, he pulled the wilted rose, brings it to his face, and breathes in its still full aroma. Plucking the petals, he scatters them over the sheets. He draws the last two items from his pocket now. The slender, unmarked vial goes into a steam sterilizer, and the syringe is tossed into a bed. Hundreds of others like it. Lights down, bed made, he stares at the big, empty, still drawers, lining one wall, and awaits his first lover's arrival. And that's the end of this short Valerine story and I hope y'all enjoyed that and I hope y'all have a great and fun and safe of course Valentine's Day and um yeah so if you also need a friend to talk about absolutely anything you can reach me on my seven cups profile in the description box below 
until then, I will see y'all in the next episode. Love y'all. Adios. Mwah.